What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one-armed madman, and from the badlands of Southern Montana, it's Nolan Fifty-One Fifty. What's up, Nolan? How you doing, man? Uh, I'm alive. A little sad. Looking for love on Tinder. Usually ends in heartbreak. <laughs> Dude, so I have this um, theory about the Mayo Clinic that it's like um, essentially a eugenics prog- like eugenics project yeah. in in like real time. So it's like I go there to get my my hand made, and Mayo Clinic's like one of the best hospitals in the world, and you get all of these people moving from all over the world to go and get the residency or whatever, just work anywhere in the Mayo Clinic. And it like when you go there and you roll through Tinder, it's like 10 doctor, <laughs> 10 nurse, 10 <laughs> yeah, scientist. Yeah. Like, dude, these <laughs> chicks doing shit, but like you don't even understand what it is right. in the bio. It's like from India, from fucking Slovakistan, <laughs> from Norway, and just knockouts, man. I'm I'm scrolling through there, like, dude, I don't. What am I? I got no chance in this fucking city. But like, for a good looking young dude, if you want to like get a ten, a real fucking ten, go move to Rochester, Minnesota. That's the place <laughs> to be, dude. Like. One of the guys that makes my hands, he was like um, a college football player, a good college football player, and he blew his knee out. So then he ended up going to the uh, school somewhere, and then he transferred to go uh, near the Mayo Clinic. And now the dude's working uh, on on hands. He's getting ready to go get his doctorate in something. I don't know what. And his wife is like some fucking knockout blonde from Sweden or somewhere like that, and she's some hardcore scientist that works with genetics or something like that. Mm. It's like, man, these people are going to have super kids <laughs> coming out of this place. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I never thought about it like that as far as like location. Uh, you know, you go hang around the country club, you're going to have better odds of finding some, uh, some hottie with a, um, a fucking, what's the. <sighs> See, you got it all wrong though. This is not a country club place. Yeah. Like, it, this is, they call it Med City. So the whole fucking city is a hospital, essentially. It, there's big hospital buildings. There's room. When I was there last time, I was in the main building for an appointment. And some older woman, like, in her 60s in a pantsuit walks in. And she's got, like, full-on security with her. The You know, the suit, the ear, the ear bug, the whole deal. And it's like, damn, man. You, you got people. One time I was there. And there was a like um, a guy with a fucking turban and the whole outfit and shit. It's like, homeboy flew all the way here from Saudi Arabia or wherever he's from just to go to a doctor's appointment and get some surgery. So, Damn. like, you know, you're in the right place when you start seeing that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, knockouts, <laughs> knockouts. You scroll through and you're just like, no chance, no chance, no chance. <laughs> No chance. And it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> you, All right. You just, you just well, doom swipe until and hope one of them has like a soft spot for blue collar guys. <laughs> Maybe a missing eye or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. We're going to continue on with our uh, the saga continues with the future timeline. 
So the uh, last decade, we were 2039 through 2049, and uh, things started to heat up. We're we're right in that um, singularity hotspot. What, what's that guy's name? Uh, I don't fucking remember right now. Ray Kurzweil. We're right in we're right in his area. He's like 2047, I think, is when his timeline lines up for it. So uh, let's get into it here. 2050. Humanity is at a crossroads. Let me move this thing closer because my eyes are not as good as I think they are. All right. The world of 2050 is a world of contrast and paradox. On one hand, science and technology have continued to advance in response to emerging crisis, challenges, and opportunities. This has created radical transformations in genetics, nanotechnology, biotechnology, and other related fields. And this is, you know, Mayo Clinic is where a lot of this shit is happening. My guy who did my hand, he does, like, he does hand transplants for practice. They suck, and he, like, wouldn't do one on me. He's like, nah, man, you're not a good candidate. You got to take AIDS drugs for the rest of your life. You're not good. We give these to old people. But essentially, he's preparing for a time when he can take my DNA grow it in the other room and then I can fly down and he can essentially graft another hand. They've got it going to where like you can use, imagine how weird that would be. Like what is that hand touched? How many times is <laughs> homeboy jerked off? How many dicks is this thing, gra- you know, hammered out in its day? <laughs> like it's calloused. <laughs> On the other hand, many of these same technologies have been, so disruptive that it has led to more frightening, unpredictable, and chaotic world than ever before. Humanity is now at a crossroads that will determine the future path for centuries to come, survival or destruction, prosperity or collapse. Hmm. Some of the most cherished political, economic, and social structures have been turned on their heads. This is like the first time that the um that the timeline has actually like acknowledged political and social structures like being a limiting factor for technology like i think they go like really heavy on math like okay this is how many transistors this is how much storage we can have so by this time we can do this by that time we can do that and they don't really take into account like the human element like i was listening to doom guy on lex friedman a while back the guy that created doom mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about Creating art. Did you listen to that one? When he was talking about artificial intelligence, he says that, you know, it's only going to be a couple thousand lines of code, but you got to have somebody that's able to put together those lines of code. And it's going to be pretty hard to do that if you're like living in the Ukraine right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, So, in a perfect world, yeah, a lot of this stuff is going to be happening and we're going to get access to some pretty cool technology. Like, one of the things that I would like to be be able to do with this podcast is look at these technologies that are coming down the pipe and start looking at, like, investment opportunities. Yeah. What, Which one of these, What are? what is out of these things, what's going to change the world? Let's look for some companies that are in this field that are under the radar and let's maybe see what kind of shares we can get, you know? Yeah. I think that that's a worth a worthwhile endeavor to look at. I mean, we're so like, are you familiar with time preference? Time preference is an economic 
concept. It's like, so if you have a, um, a high time preference, that means you're looking in the future, a low time preference, you're looking right in front of you. We operate like typically in society, we operate on a low time preference. So we're looking at right at now, like, especially in the United States, we're on a four year cycle. Sometimes eight, if we know, like Obama, that put us on an eight-year cycle. There was almost no chance he was not going to get elected again. But, like, right now we're on a four-year cycle. The Dems don't know if they're going to be able to win or sheet next next term in 2024. So we're on a four-year cycle. They're looking at things like we this is what we want to do in the next two years because we may not get in again. Yeah, that's one one thing that's always kind of concerned me about our political system or – I mean, what, how much can you really get done, you know, is my question in a four-year span. And then if you're lucky enough to get eight, you could probably get some done. But even still, uh, I mean, w- what the answer is, I don't know. But, um, I, yeah, I, it seems like our sh- little short term The answer system. is radically the, – the answer is radically – radically shrinking the federal government and going to a local-based system. Yeah. I mean, that's the only true path that is going to be. And on that, let's go to our first story of the night. Boom. East Oregon movement to secede and create greater Idaho picks up steam. A movement by East Oregon conservatives to secede to join Idaho is picking up steam, according to Daily Mail, which interviewed the movement's leader, Mike MacArthur. So we're getting close, you know, like, who knows what kind of world we're going to be living in in 2050. Like, imagine uh, a war between California and Oregon and Idaho, or Oregon and and Idaho based on, you know, shit like this, border disputes, like, hey. We're sick of being ruled by Portland, and we want to go elsewhere. I think, like, and we're not going to go into this whole article, but I think the biggest hurdle in this entire movement would be Boise because the people in charge in Boise don't want this shit. They want to go more towards Portland. You know, they don't want to make me and you stronger. They want to make us weaker, push us out. My property taxes just went up 150 bucks a month. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, 150 bucks a month. That's how they're going to get people like me out of here. They can't force me out. They, you know, I got in when when getting was good and and you know, my house was 50% cheaper than it is now, but how are they going to push me out and get some, you know, migrant or some young democrat in here that it'll work for the Amazon plant up the street? What they really want to do is sell this house to BlackRock so then they can just rent it to some family that's going to you know, go work some shit job and send their kids to some fucking shit public school where they can learn to be good little Democrats. Yeah. My, uh, <clears throat> so the way to do that is raise the property taxes. That's the only way you can really push somebody like me out. Yeah. You know, my, I've got, um, I got, and I, I wasn't going to say anything about this on the podcast, but you know, who, who cares? I got some money from workers comp. It's not a lot of money. It's like, you know, Less than a year and a half wages for a journeyman lineman. But I I was having like a financial meeting with a new financial planner. I went to one here in Boise that uh, some family go to and uh, we're, we're talking and, and he was, he was a nice guy. He's like, Oh, I'm going to treat you like an individual. You know, your situation's different than other people's and we're going to make sure he had a, a, an interesting thought about uh, capital gains tax. He goes, we're going to see, you know, what your capital gains tax is down the line based on what your income will be. 
because maybe we can get you a low enough income to get out of these. And I go, okay, you know, and, and I said something like, you know, the government's out of control with these capital gains taxes. They want to hit us with inheritance, capital gains tax on inheritance. And he goes, well, you may not like my take on this, but the government's got to make some money somehow. And I go, oh, okay. This meeting's over. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he asked me like one more question or a couple more questions. Like at, at that point, like I was still, I didn't like, the significance didn't hit me until afterwards. Like I can't use this guy. Yeah. Like at the, at the time it was just like, whoa, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Usually it's like, yeah, fuck the government. We're going to get you the best deal we possibly can. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. And, uh, so he goes, what kind of savings do you have? And I go, I've got about, you know, half a Bitcoin. And he, goes, <laughs> he laughs and I go, so you're just going to laugh at me? Yeah, I've never had somebody come in here and say that. How much is a Bitcoin worth? Anyways, it's like, all right. I think, uh, I think, and then he started talking about how, um, how great the job, he's like, we're on, or the, the economy's on the upswing. Jobs numbers are looking good. And I was like, I just read a report on Zero Hedge that said that those job numbers were completely fake and they were pumped up for this, this, and that. I don't remember what it was at the time, but I had literally read it that morning. And he was like, well, you know, him, ha, blah, blah, blah. And I go, all right, whatever. So then I, I, I hook up with this guy who's uh, been on Sam Tripoli before. And he, right away, he was like, oh, yeah, the economy's fucked. People are getting fired left and right. And he's right. Like, a bunch of people are getting fired in tech right now. Yeah. I think, like, 150,000 people got laid off in tech th last year or something like that. Just wild. So... I'm at least a little, I'm ha I, I feel more comfortable going this direction. Oh, but where I was going with that is we were talking about like my finances and, uh, you know, I started thinking about, cause I'm gonna have to go back to work here pretty soon. Disability's not going to be helpful to me. I don't think for at least a year and a half. And, uh, you know, I start looking at my finances like, man, I got to do something else. And I start thinking about, I sent you a picture of that, uh, that little, uh, tough shed. And I was like, I could. I could drop one of these bastards in my backyard and rent it out, you know? And I start thinking a little more. It's like, man, I'm going to have some problems with my HOA. I guarantee it. Like, they're going to be a dick about it. So now I'm thinking I'm going to um, convert my dining room into a livable bedroom. Yeah. Probably rent it out for, like, 900 bucks a month. I'm going to put, like, a, a bathroom, an enclosed bathroom inside of it. So it'll be a nice little room. Right on. And, I, you know, that'll, that'll at least like lighten me up to where I don't have to work full time. I can survive on a, on a part-time wage and do this and, you know, hammer away at that sci-fi book that I want to do. And, you know, just have a, a little bit more freedom at least. Like I can maybe get a job on some telemarketer bullshit and then, you know, work at a, work at a bar yeah, one or two nights a week. So we'll see what happens. All right. Back to the, back to the timeline. Some of the most cherished. Okay. In a sense, capitalism remains the dominant economic model, but is now evolving drastically in response to economic impacts, resource scarcity, demographic trends, technology, and a host of other factors. So here comes socialism, baby. <laughs> the endless consumer culture that was uh, prevalent throughout the first world has all but collapsed, replaced by societal need to conserve. Ooh, baby. 
no more car for you. You like that motorcycle? Good, because that's the only way you're going to be able to get around anywhere. And then we're going to take that away from you, too. What's the deal with those 15-minute cities? Like, so nobody goes... Oh, so a 15-minute city. Yeah, they're going to be doing these in Europe. So essentially, they've got it set up to where everything you need is within 15 minutes of your home. And you are se- and you have to, like, get permission from the government to leave your area. So you're, like, in an enclosed bubble of an area. And the idea is you'll consume less, you'll burn less fossil fuels, we won't have to have traffic. They're already doing this in, in Europe. I guess they're, like, s- shutting down certain streets at times of the day or times of the week. It's like, they're... Here come the climate lockdowns. What do I what do I got here? I don't think I even have any of my climate stuff anymore. Oh. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and flatten the uh, curve avoid the peak demands. And avoid the peak demands. We are going to take your car. You will eat the bugs. Mm, nummy, nummy. You s- you have a big, I see you have a big beard. You could have maggots live in your beard, and as you get hungry, you can pick them out and eat them. It'll be so good that you'll be saving the environment. <laughs> Though there are still many wealthy people around, really, you think, you think we're going to, the wealthy are going to survive this? Aw. Oh. Money is constricted, or, uh... Wait, money is concentrated in a shrinking upper class. By 2050, traditional free market capitalism is largely viewed as a broken system. So here's a here's another here's another story. Uh, oh come on, fuck you, ads. Get out of here. Get out of here. Stefan Stefan and Anisha Curry oppose multifamily development near their 30 million dollar home. Oh, why? So these fucking, you know who Steph Curry is. They buy this beautiful $30 million mansion, and then they try to put a low-income housing within the view of their backyard, and it's like, hey, man, we're, we're, we're cool with your shit as long as it's not in our fucking backyard. This is Typical. literally, they call it NIMBY, not in my backyard, and this is literally, they're like, no, man, this is my backyard, and I don't want these fucking people selling drugs back there trying to fucking rape my kids, you know? And it's like, yeah, you bought a fucking place. We don't want government-subsidized housing behind us. I don't want it. My neighbor, who has had a ranch in his family for 40 years, they have a beef cattle ranch. He's His dad died last year, and now he's got to sell the fucking ranch because inflation is so fucking high. There's so many regulations on the beef. He can't sell me a fucking cow if he wants to. I, can, I, I He can't do it. He has to show where that missing cow is and this and that and you know it's a nightmare yeah so he's selling it and now i'm gonna have some fucking industrial property across the street from my house which is better than an apartment complex but you know i bought a fucking house next to a ranch not an industrial park yeah but that's how it goes you know pushing out the little guy they don't want any of this they don't want any cattle farmers fucking this is good news we got rid of a cattle farm. Maybe we'll put a bug factory in. <laughs> All right. Back to the timeline. As more and more wealth trickles upwards to the hyper-rich elite, there is a growing consensus that money itself, the profit motive, is a major obstacle to future progress. 
and a new driving force may be required for civilization to flourish. Debates are raging on whether reforms to make uh, in order to adapt societies to this rapidly changing world. People everywhere sense that a great transition may be a great reset Mm. is approaching, the likes of which has never been seen before in all of humanity. It is clear that some new global paradigm will appear, but it is still unclear what it will be. Here comes socialism, baby. This is what they want, man. This is your CBDC, your central bank digital currency. Hey, money itself is 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 a problem. We got all these crazy right-wingers. They got guns. You know, they can't be going to the same stores as us. We got to limit them. The, the really fucked up thing is, like, right now, the only way that they can, like, manipulate the system is by printing money. And with CBDCs, not only can they print money, but they can also contract. They can take money out of the system. And that'll be really useful to them. This is one of the most, the CBDCs is one of the most dangerous things on the planet right now. You got C, all the letters, if there's letters, like if it's an acronym, it's bad. (laughs) CBDC. Uh, What's the other one? Um, IRS. ESL, Emotional Social Learning. And you got uh, what? Um, CRT. Oh man, CRT. Then you got the Sustainable Development Goals. Those are really bad too. So all these fucking letters that they throw at us are not good. <laughs> all right, I think uh, I think we get the okay. Well, no, it's still going. Decades of stagflation have produced a fragmented, chaotic, and perpetually sluggish global economy. Nearly half of the world's nations have junk credit ratings, effectively making them bankrupt. Yeah, I can see that happening. U.S. national debt has reached almost 400% of GDP, far exceeding even the levels seen during World War II. China and India, uh, through surpassing the U.S. in GDP, have also stagnated. And they're losing people at this point at least china i don't know about india but at this point china is have a has a population collapse problem so they're a, a massive bubble which is waiting to happen in the face of economic catastrophe international politics has faced enormous challenges although the number of democratic countries has risen significantly over the years many have turned inward cutting off foreign relations that's what they that's what they really hate. Like if we decide to go, hey, you know what? No more NATO. Sorry, boys. Europe.